Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Welcome into DNVR Buffs post game presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today I'm joined by the same crew as always. But the difference this time is that Ben Girding is going to be here with us from the start. Of course, Ryan Konigsberg is as well. he here with us? Well, it doesn't look like it. Oh, it there like, he is. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> opportunity of a lifetime, and he's sitting there on his phone. Huh. Well, uh, there's I guess also no Winsky. There's no Winsky, and we couldn't think of anything. He came up with Losker. Not bad. <laughs> Maybe we'll drink I, some lager. I said if we had some Lagavulin, it could be Lassavulin, but sure. unfortunate. Oh, let's get this out of the way. That game sucked. Um, in case you guys didn't see it, but you're tuning in to like, the podcast later or something, the, the Buffs lost to Tennessee uh, by a score... Of and see, this is what always happens. The app doesn't have a full up. 56-47. Yeah, fifty-six forty-seven. Um, we're gonna talk about all of it. Let's let's start with um, saying what what went wrong. Like, if you could pick one thing, Ryan, that you saw that was the reason that all of this happened, what would you choose? Uh, yeah, the the point of the game went wrong, which is to get the ball into the bucket. Ah, good call. Um, and so there was a offense. There's a lot of issues on offense just as a whole. Um, but they just didn't make shots and these things happen. Uh, you know, you're just going to have nights like this. Uh, it's unfortunate that it happened in this one just because, you know, this was a big test for CU. And I think if they shoot lights out, they win this game. Uh, if they even shoot well, not even great, they probably win this game. They did fantastic on defense. Uh, I thought against what was clearly a, a, a much bigger and stronger team than them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just, they were really poor on offense and, and those, you know, it wasn't all execution issues. It's also just making shots. And I'm sure that's what Tad will say after the game, but sloppy on offense, 23 turnovers. You just, you can't beat, you know, the number 12 ranked team in the country with 23 turnovers. And so offensively they were just poor. Yeah. Ben. Yeah. You know, as we're talking about it, I've come up with an analogy in my head. This is exactly like the San Diego state game against Colorado in football just a couple weeks ago. Colorado and Tennessee, they scheduled to play just a couple days ago. Colorado, they're not as big. They're not as talented as Tennessee. And they traveled across the country on a pretty short notice. Um, You know, expectations. I was high on this team. I picked Mm -hmm. Colorado by five. Obviously, I think my faith was a little bit misplaced, but not in Colorado, but more so in Tennessee. They are huge. Those are chiseled men (laughs) out there (laughs) playing basketball. And you see McKinley Wright take the take the ball down the court. You don't have any lanes. There's nowhere for him to go. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. I think offense was very poor. But I I as what went wrong, I'd point to the turnovers like you alluded to. You're not going to be able to overcome that much adversity if you're not taking all of your chances. And realistically, if you turn half of those turnovers into just shots, you're going to be increasing your chance yeah. of, of putting up points. So it's disappointing for sure. Um, it's a tough loss. I know a lot of people were hoping to get an early win because this one definitely would propel CU into the top 25 and get some national recognition. But I'm still not out on this team by a long shot. Yeah, you know, the more I think about it, what went wrong is the Buffs played Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. And, you know, again, they're they're – they can look in the mirror and point at some of the things they did, like 23 turnovers. But why would they? Why'd they have 23 turnovers? Because Tennessee has this big, long, strong defense that is was all over them from the the opening tip until the end of the game, uh, making them you know put the ball in harm's way, uh, making them make tough decisions. Unfortunately, you know your best player 
is a undersized guard. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you went up against probably, and I don't know this for a fact, but probably the longest team you're going to see this year and uh, in, in one of the biggest teams you're going to see this year. Uh, and in a game like this, it's really tough for McKinley Wright to get to the rim. It was tough for him even to just get around his defender because he was being guarded by a dude who was like 6'6". So, uh, yeah, that what went wrong is they kind of ran into – I don't want to call them a buzzsaw because they were really – underwhelming on offense Tennessee was but at least as a def- they ran into a defensive buzzsaw they definitely did and and that's like if I had to pick a reason why they play the game I or lost the game I think that they lost because they played Tennessee is a pretty good take and I don't know that it's necessarily because they cannot beat Tennessee I think it's because they just haven't seen a team like Tennessee this season and honestly I don't think they see a team like Tennessee the rest of the way on the on the pre or pre-game pod that we had yesterday we talked about all this stuff and how they do have a lot of length and how even though they don't have like a seven-footer you typically see out there, they're just very big in the in the backcourt and long everywhere. And when you see a defense like that for the first time, like there's no way to simulate what Tennessee is. Right. It's like With, the Lakers in the NBA. Like, yeah. Yeah. They just get cl- Teams just get clamped by them until they like have time to solve the puzzle. Exactly. And that's exactly what we saw from the Buffs. Because the Buffs did solve the puzzle. It may not have ever gotten to the point where their offense was what it needed to be, but... They were down, what, 20 to 3 or something? Uh, they, they, they had a 15-point deficit before they scored yeah. a second basket. Yeah. 17 to 2. Okay, yeah. That's a tough look. Yeah. And the fact that they came back from there, you know, they, they did win the rest of the game. The problem is they came out slow again. And I think that's my next question for you guys. Is that something that you're worried about now, seeing back-to-back games where the Buffs have come out slow? A little bit um now it's a it's like this is a trust in tad boyle thing where you just know he's gonna coach it out of them Mm -hmm. um he's gonna say something along the lines of all right you guys are gonna start game slow that means we're gonna start practice fast and he's gonna make them step out on the court and go full speed from the second they break the huddle at practice just to kind of you know simulate this for them um not give them a a chance to ease their way into anything and he'll get it figured out what i will say is I'm a little concerned about the shooting ability of this team. And maybe it's a little bit of an overreaction and and we've only seen them play road games right now. So it's a little bit, you know, I I don't want to overreact to it, but like who was out there to make a shot for them when they needed it tonight? Horn? Exactly. Was like the only guy who made a shot when when they were like back up against the wall. We need someone to make a shot. In basketball, you need like several of those guys. And if you're going to, you know, I was thinking like if this was a tournament game, and they went up against Tennessee, it probably would have been different just yeah. because it wasn't, th- you know, the the out-of-nowhere travel across the country, although I guess that's what you do in the tournament is <laughs> out-of-nowhere you're told to travel across the country. and But there probably wouldn't be a first-round game, mm-hmm. you know, and the energy would have been different and all that stuff. But in the end, to win tournament games, to win any games, you need shooters. Um, Deshaun Schwartz, hopefully he works himself back into it tonight. He was just taking up space on the court. Um, and, you know, I, I'm – I've always liked Deshaun Schwartz. I think he, his ceiling is really high, but he has to be that guy. The other one who you can turn to and say, okay, we really need a jump shot. We trust Deshaun to make it. Um, because Dry Horn, while he's a decent piece, like if he's your most trusted shooter, y- y- you're not going very far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, I think it is a concern, but I want to temper expectations because, you know, we are three games in. Like you said, they've only been on the road. They haven't had the comfort of playing in Boulder yet. And also, they haven't had the comfort of playing with the same lineup, you know, over no. the course of three games. You got Deshaun Schwartz coming back tonight. Clearly was not at 100%. He, he looked lethargic out there. His shot didn't look all that good. Um, and then you lost Eli Parquet to this game. Very um, true. And Easy Parquet's, to overlook that. Yeah, and Parquet... Not just defense. His shot has progressed so well. He's been tremendous this season. So you were missing some of those pieces. I think you would have you would have hoped to see them come out against a test like Tennessee and be able to perform a little bit better. But you know, I I see this kind of as the Kansas game from last year. They went into Kansas. This team was ranked. They were twentieth in the country. Traveled to Kansas. You know that Kansas is going to beat you, but this this part of you inside is like, well, you know, if one or two things bounce their way, when in hindsight, the reality is no. They never had a shot in that game. It was still early in the season. They weren't ready for it. I think that's what this is. Tennessee, they're going to go into my top 10 easily now. I think they're going to move up pretty quickly because they've got another game this week against Cincinnati, which I would expect them um, to take care of Cincinnati the same way they took care of Colorado. 
That team is so defensively sound. Yeah. And like you mentioned, we talked about it on the pregame show, they're not big in one area. So, like, they don't have one seven-footer that just dominates the game. But their length is so dispersed over their starting five that there are no lanes to pass through. There's not going to be a weak link. McKinley's going up against a six-foot-six guy, and so mm -hmm. is Evan Batty, mm -hmm. but they're just so – they're built different in the SEC. And so that's, that's – it's just a – a problem that you're going to run into against a team like that. Yeah, I said to you guys at some point during the game, there's no teams in the Pac-12 that look like nope. this. No. Uh, and, and that's comforting, but, you know, it's not all about the Pac-12. Obviously, you'd like to see the Buffs get a top four finish in the Pac-12, but in the end, like, I, I think for a while now, CU fans have had their sights set on a Sweet 16 run. Like, that's kind of the, the, the line for, like, if they got there, that's a very successful season. Now, I think – it's been long enough that if you won a game in the tournament, that's a successful season, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves right now. Um, but I don't want to see this team look at um, McKinley Wright and just say, like, you got us, or are we in trouble? Because I've seen a team do that before, and it was with Derek White. And that team, you know, was built to be really great. But they knew they had Derek White. And so game in, game out, they were like, hey, Derek, let us know if – you ever need us to play and by the time you you know by the time you realize that Derek White doesn't have it you're down 17 to 2. Yeah. So, uh I want to see this team have, you know, let more guys step up early. Um in the first couple games they did a good job of getting Dallas involved early, getting him a post touch, letting him get an easy one. I like that. They did get one in there for Batty tonight. Um I thought he got fouled. He didn't finish it. So, I'd like to see them work a little more inside out to start the game. Um but you're right there's no reason to overreact to going on the road in three days, playing Tennessee, uh, a, a really good Tennessee team, you know, like they're not quite a blue blood, but they're just outside of that. When it comes to college basketball, that's a team that is usually good year in, year out. And you just look at like, when you just see those guys on there, you're, you, you pause and you're just like, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. This is a little bit of a different breed. You know, uh, we're rolling out Dominique Clifford, uh, as a, freshman and they've got some you know beast on him trying to p pressure him out of the ball so it wasn't a great matchup yeah yeah and i like what you said about tennessee and i think that that maybe more than anything is the most important point when we're talking about this game is that tennessee is really really good you know it's it's not like they went out there and lost to kansas state which they could have done last week but won that pretty easily this Tennessee team, I mean, preseason, there were plenty of people picking them to be top five in the country. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like a tough read because they were 17 and 14 last year because of all the difficult circumstances, players leaving in the middle of the season, players getting hurt, players leaving before the season, then COVID happens at the end. And, and nobody really knew exactly where to place Tennessee, but now seeing them on the court, we know that this is one of the contenders for the national title. And I am ready to say that right now after seeing this performance. And the fact that the Buffs were giving them some, themselves some chances late, there, were, there are positives you can pull from this. And I, I, I think that before we move on and take our first break and get into some other stuff, I think that that's kind of my last question is, do you think that Colorado can beat a team like Tennessee that is one of these national contenders? Absolutely. If they shoot the ball a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, this team, why do we feel like they were in the game the whole time? Because of their defense. Yeah. They played really outstanding defense outside of early in the game. You know, that was another problem early in the game is they weren't rotating well. There were some open shots. Tad got them in there, especially at halftime. You, you notice a totally different defensive energy in the second half. And so that's why they were in the game. And Tad Boyle, you know, will say that every single after every single game, right? If you play defense and you rebound, you'll be in every game. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't rebound all that well. That's another thing that they could do better. Uh, and they would, you know, have a much better chance of winning this game. So it's weird because offensively, it's hard to be like lower on this team than you would be after a game like that because offensively was gross. Like there were very few plays where you even thought like that was a nice offensive play. It was just like, oh, yeah, they, they got a shot and made it. It wasn't like I remember – there was a Barthel like a couple of Bartholomew cuts that ended in layups. Uh, there was one, I think Horn had a nice pass inside to Dallas Walton that they got a layup, but like everything else felt like they were working really hard for. So you come away from that being low on offense, but you, you have to come away from that feeling really good about defense. As you guys just said, that that's in probably a national title contender, a legitimate one. Mm -hmm. And for much of the game, 
they had them in their grasps and had them under control. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to, I'll do a hot take. I'm higher on Colorado now than I was before. Hmm. Now, granted, if they were able to come away and win the game, you're feeling a hell of a lot better. <laughs> but the point is, is how, how worse could they get? 33% from the field, 23% from three. Oh, I mean, 33%. that, that is, yeah. that's the, that's the minimum right there. I mean, so now we know what is the floor of this team offensively? That's what it is. But the difference is, is defensively, they were fantastic. And I like that you pointed out, you know, they, Ryan, they got that switch. They, as soon as they figured out how to beat Tennessee, and it was that switch into the zone, because they realized Tennessee had one shooter, Frosted Tips. And if you, t- <laughs> and, and if you could eliminate that and you could force Tennessee to work the ball around the perimeter, you were going to limit their possessions because – Tennessee, in the beginning, they were just playing bully ball. They knew they were bigger and stronger, and they were just going to rely on that. Similar to what Colorado did against San Diego State in football just a couple weeks ago. They relied on that athleticism. So for Tad Boyle to make that switch, say, no, we're going to play zone, so you have to finesse your way and get points. I think that was a, a great sign of him being adaptable, and I think the team played very well in that aspect as well. Um, yeah, I think they can hang with teams like this. I really do they're not going to run into problems like this in the conference. And that's what's important, too. You're going to have USC where you've got to try and figure out the Mobley brothers. And that's going to be a problem of its own. But today was essentially eight different Mobley brothers in different ways. Size, athleticism, what they can do with their length, and defense. So, you know, when you have all of that and just kind of what's a juggernaut of a team, I mean, you wouldn't feel bad if you lost to Kansas or Villanova or Baylor. Um, And I think it's just going to have to be chalked up as one of those type of games. What's crazy is so the Buffs shoot 20 or 33 percent from the field. They turn the ball over 23 times. Let's just say you take 10 of those turnovers away. I feel like 13 turnovers in a game is decent, not amazing. Um, and you make 30, you make a basket on 33 percent of those possessions. Well, now you have six more points. <laughs> Dude, six more on. points. Well, I was, I was gonna, I was starting to think of like threes and twos, and I was like, oh, I'll just go two. If those are, if those are just twos. You're getting three more. You're getting six more points, mm-hmm. and this is a neck and neck game at the end. Yep. Uh, if one of those is a three, now you're talking about seven more points, and you know what did they end up losing by? Seven, right? No. Nine. Nine. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, turn the ball. If you don't turn the ball over, you can actually overcome how poorly you shot tonight. Um, so it's the combination of turnovers and poor shooting that's just not going to give you a chance in many games. And somehow they still had a chance. That's how important defense is. Mm-hmm. And they and didn't even hit. I'm sure they didn't even hit Tad Boyle's rebounding numbers. So they did one thing that that Tad Boyle asks them to do, uh, and it kept them generally in the game throughout. To play devil's advocate here, you know they do have the turnovers. You can say like if they take away those turnovers, they're fine. Or if they shoot better than 33 percent or better than 22 percent from three, they're right in this game. At the same time, though this is one of the best defensive teams in the country. And maybe this isn't as much of a buffs problem as much as it is Tennessee's strengths being able to take away the buffs offense. Absolutely. I mean, Tennessee's defense was suffocating because they're getting low into the shot clock because they're covering all these lanes. And you know, you can't even drive the ball inside because you've got two grown men on you. And if you're McKinley Wright at six foot, you know, he was doing, I think the best job that he could, but I think the game plan was, was not great in that aspect. And we talked about that too yesterday. Um, and I wrote a piece on it before this game. You can go check it out on the DNVR.com. You know, what is Tennessee's you know, weakness in this defense? And I think it would have been using more size with Dallas Walton. The problem was, is I don't think anybody could have anticipated how Tennessee was flying around the ball. There was no way to get a pass inside because you were covered. They were covering up all those lanes, intercepting passes. I mean, I, I think that's a great point to make. The, a lot of those turnovers were because of, of Tennessee's defense just being that kind of a force. Well, and Colorado's offense runs through McKinley Wright. McKinley Wright's offense is about getting by people, getting into the lane, creating either you know uh, a shot for himself or a shot for someone else. I I think you can probably count on one hand how many times that even happened tonight. If I, I'm having a hard time remembering it all, you know, yeah. he scored like a floater early in the game, but even that was from outside where he would normally want to shoot that. So they they took away the dribble drive uh, from McKinley Wright, and the Buffs didn't have much to turn to. The unfortunate part is other teams are going to see that. 
yeah. and say, okay, well, that's the way we're going to play it until they prove they can shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about Keyshawn Bartholomew and his role in the beginning of this game and his struggles a little bit. I want to talk about Jabari Walker. Uh, we're going to get through some of these young guys and a couple of the vets too, but first, uh, we got to take a quick break, but before we do that, uh, a reminder to get your questions in because we'll be answering questions at the end of the show. If you have any of your own thoughts, you can throw them in there. Maybe Allie will pull up some of the best comments she sees, but also questions. Uh, sure. Well, we're gonna, then we'll get into the break. <laughs> cool. I know Ben is really high on his shot. I, I on my hold on. So you're not even gonna give me the benefit of the doubt. You're not even gonna give me the comments of like, oh yeah, you know, Ben actually plays a little bit of basketball. It's just like, no, you know, he's got confidence in a shot. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I don't have confidence in my I was shot. Say, really? I, I'm a I'm a slashing guard, you know? So I like to mm. I, I'm I'm a playmaker. Not a, not as big a shooter. I'm I'm a volume shooter. Nice. You and me we're starting to build a little uh, team here because I I just shoot. I got beat by Dre pretty handily. <laughs> <laughs> the problem for me was I just didn't shoot well that day, just like the buffs today. True. Because I had shots that could have won me the game, and I missed them. Um, so, uh, Ben, you drive. I'll be in the corner. Perfect. All yeah. Right. And then maybe like we could just get McKinley and maybe Evan Batty to be on our team too, and we'll be, we'll well, be if cruising we have McKinley, in the rack. McKinley, we don't really need you anymore. Real, you know, <laughs> <laughs> real quick, a funny, not relevant story. I actually, I played basketball against McKinley Wright one time at the rec center, and um, he cooked me. Like, You're oh, kidding. No, no, You're not kidding. kidding at all. Surprising. I was playing with him. McKinley it was, <laughs> Wright, able to beat Ben Girding. Oh, well, now now I know oh. you're just being facetious. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were being genuine. <laughs> well, he, he, like, he called ISO, and he, you know, he waves everybody <laughs> off. Why would he do that? <laughs> and, and, <laughs> yeah, you thought he could take you? Well, I guess the precursor to this is I was on his team, and I, I pointed <laughs> up. I pointed up. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going all over the place. So, so the first game, I'm on his team, and I'm running in transition, and I point up. Yeah, that. And and so to McKinley Wright, clearly that means throw me a lob. To anybody who I've ever played with is throw this to where my two inch vertical can catch it. And you then said I'll... you could dunk a tennis ball in the past. Yeah, I could in the past. A lot's happened. Oh, wow. And I'm guessing you're playing with a basketball. So he yeah. So he threw it like way over my head. I missed it completely, and he just goes, "Man, <laughs> white guys can't shoot, can't jump." And I was yeah. like, "Yeah, well, you're, you're like, like good uh, point. I I don't know if you knew this, but I'm not Tyler Bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so I believe anyways, every word of all of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I once played against, uh, it was Andre Robertson, Askia Booker, Spencer Dinwiddie was there, and um, uh, we were playing against, like, it was just, like, for fun. They were going to show up and run five on five against whoever wanted to play them at the rec and just beat their ass so they could later tell stories like this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I literally thought I had perfect position on Andre on a box out like I had I was like I used all of the fundamentals you could ever use stuck my ass out I felt like I had him ball goes off the rim all I see is just his arms above me he just catches it dunks it and just swings his legs into my back and I was just like okay yep I guess that that's that's what happens uh at Montana I was once down at the wreck and uh there was this guy there who we used to call shoulder beard because he had this patch of hair that didn't make any sense on his shoulder. He's probably two inches shorter than me, probably 30 pounds heavier. I have more muscle. He took my ankles, went to the rack, and uh, that was about it for my basketball career. Damn, bro. You got cooked by shoulder beard. <laughs> I got cooked by shoulder beard. Um, we can get to the uh, bills that we have to pay. Remember, get those questions in so that we can... Go down these tangents. I would say never admit that to anyone else, but that is now on public record. Yeah. yeah. No. We'll get to questions at the end. <laughs> we will get to questions at the end. Um, Breckenridge Brewery famously makes very, very, very good beers. Um, we talk about Many all of them a lot. We're, we're excited <laughs> about the Juice people. Drop IPA, the Colorado Core. Core the, I actually Christmas meant Ale? Broncos Country. Broncos pale, Country? Hoppy Pale Ale was where I wanted to go. And I said Colorado. I was like, no, they're Denver. But yeah. So many good beers. We love them all. Um, but a great deal that they have right now, which is, I guess, only kind of a deal. But if you want to go out to the farmhouse, you can ice skate for $3 uh, if you bring your own skates. $6 if you need to rent skates. Uh, that's that is a good deal. <laughs> no, no, nobody. I was, I was hoping somebody would have like 
something you guys, about, I thought you know, somebody like, would be kind of like hyped about all this. I mean, like, I, I, me I enjoy ice skating. Yeah. Okay. Ice skating is a, it's a grand old time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the only thing that I think about when I think of ice skates is when Shoulderbeard put you on ice skates. <laughs> wow, there we go. That's what we deserve. I'm so happy you told us this story. Yeah, so uh, if you guys uh, are thinking about me getting put on skates by Shoulderbeard and think, huh, <laughs> I want to take my son or daughter to go ice skating. We, how are we mean? No, I, I think we're mean now. I mean, oh, Ryan and I oh, told... it was mean when we were talking about... I mean, getting cooked by McKinley, McKinley Wright, Wright or Shoulderbeard. <laughs> getting cooked by Shoulderbeard, embarrassing. You guys would not Could you imagine if you told the story Ryan did, but instead of knowing it was Andre Roberson, you only addressed him as Shoulderbeard? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. Shoulderbeard jumped over and dunked no. on me. It's just unbelievable that somehow this guy was always skins. Like always, <laughs> just the patch of hair on his shoulder. And it, I, but yeah, back to Breckenridge Brewery. So much good stuff. You can tube, you can skate, you can get put on skates. Uh, it, it's just a great time out there. So make sure you get out there and support them. Um, also, want to <laughs> shout out our good friends over at World Golf Tour. Yes. Uh, it's kind of tough to play golf right now in a lot of different places. And there's a way to get around that. Obviously, it's playing video game golf and playing the best video game golf because WGT Golf is the most popular golf game in the world and also the official gaming partner of DNVR. Um, if you guys are interested, which you should be, then you can get on dnvrgolf.com to download the app. You want to join the DNVR Country Club, uh, and then you can play in all of our tournaments. This week is the Ball is Poppin' Classic at Bandon Dunes. Uh, it's going to run from Friday to Sunday. And if you participate, then you can screenshot that you participated. Uh, leave that screenshot on our Twitter thread at DMVR Sports. Uh, it's pinned there. You'll see it. Or you can email it to info at DMVR.com. And then a random winner will be chosen to get, uh, I believe, the shirt of their choice, um, a mask, and it gets shipped to you. So uh, get in on that. It's a pretty good deal. Yep. I'm just thinking about how Shoulderbeard. It's got to be the worst <laughs> pirate name ever. Shoulderbeard. <laughs> I'm like, we run out of names. That sounds like uh, like Spaceballs. They they did like the parody of like Star Wars. Yes. Like whatever, like the Pirates Peter of the Pan Caribbean. Movie. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like Shoulderbeard is the bad guy. Right. I kind of imagine it's like the main villain's like sidekick. And he's like the butt of every joke. And he's like, well, what's my pirate name? And they're like, uh, I don't know, Shoulderbeard. He's like, what? I got Shoulderbeard. <laughs> Shoulderbeard. You got, got Blackbeard. I do kind of wonder, like, is, is Shoulderbeard somehow going to see this and now learn? Because there were nicknames for all the guys, but... Oh, yeah, everyone has nicknames I'm sure those for the people they play at their rec center. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll get to some of those in later shows. Uh, back to Buffs basketball, though. Oh, right. Um, Tishon Bartholomew. What did we see from him? Because he did struggle early on. It didn't seem like he was ready for the pressure they put on him. Um, you, you look at the stat line. He took the most shots of anybody, finished 3 of 12, 1 of 5 from 3, a couple of turnovers, a couple of assists. But there were some bright spots in there yeah. too, I thought. Um, what were your imp impressions of Keyshawn, Ryan? I think you saw flashes of the upside that has Tad Boyle so excited about him. Mm -hmm. um, it's just about putting together a, a well-rounded game. Like Right now, I think he, he's a great slasher. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think that he should be used in that role more often. You know, he's kind of got that long body that works for that sort of thing. Um, the finishing at the rim was good. Uh, I think all three of his buckets were layups. So, again, you know, the the jumper needs work just like everyone else. Did he hit a three at he some hit point? One three. Okay, he hit a three. So he had two layups and a three. Um, and I like what I saw from him. His length is obviously valuable defensively. Just like what you saw from a lot of those longer Tennessee guards. It's why Tad Boyle likes a, a longer guard. Uh, and uh, I think there's reason to be excited for him. It's just this is what happens when you're breaking in all of these young players. Normally you're doing this against, I don't know, Omaha or someone <laughs> or like... Or the Colorado School of Mines. Yeah, that's what they were supposed to be playing <laughs> yeah. tonight. Can you imagine the difference in opponent of what they were supposed to be playing tonight versus what they did end up playing mm -hmm. tonight? So, yeah, I think that... Uh, you're excited it's just it, it, it's you don't love to have to play that in your third game ever it comes up against you know the, a bunch of grown-ass men yeah I think that's first and foremost a great point and you know I don't want this to be a separate question because I do want to talk about Keyshawn but you know would this bus team have been better off beating school of minds by 40 points or losing a close game against Tennessee and learning a lot you know that's a tough question it, it's it, not 
Because they're definitely better off losing to Tennessee. Yeah, even with the loss on the record? Yes, yes. because you're one, you know, the net, it's going to help you out that you played Tennessee in the first place. So, But that aside, I think you saw tonight, Colorado saw tonight, what they're going to be up against if they ever do make a deep tournament run. Uh, yeah. And what they're going to see when they're not seeing schools from the Pac-12. Because while the Pac-12 is a decent basketball conference, you, you normally don't see guys like that except for when Arizona, you know, ends up putting together one of those Arizona squads that's right. you know does what they do in the Pac-12. And usually they're like 18. Like right. these guys are like sure they they do have some young guys. They had some freshmen in there, but for the most part like these were vets who were built like vets. Yeah. Pons I think is a senior. Um he he's been yeah. around. So but but yeah, getting back to Keyshawn, I think the first thing defensively I think he's he's taken some strides just in the last two in, in his first two games um I think you understand why Tad Boyle wanted to put the brakes on him last year because clearly he does have offensive talent but he wasn't ready because he's still not all the way ready now but I think defensively he's not a total liability I think he's he's shown with his length he's able to make a presence especially in his own defense he played phenomenally um and he plays longer than he uh, he's listed at like he's only yeah. listed at six two, but he definitely has you know that wider wingspan, a little bit lanky, uh, and you're right, he's able to kind of use that to help him a bit on the defensive end. Yeah, offensively, I think you know shot selection. I noticed his shot selection was a little bit worse than some other people. He was definitely trying to force the ball, but granted, you know this was his first time playing against a big opponent. This was probably the first time maybe in his career that he's had his back against the wall. Um, so yeah, I can understand why he's like, oh, I, I'm a playmaker. I can go out there and make plays. I'm, I'm not glad gonna, someone's doing it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fault anybody for driving into the lane and trying to pick up a bucket, um, especially because he had a little bit more height than McKinley. So you know, going forward, I think he's got a lot to build on. I still think he's an offensive asset. Absolutely. I'm not necessarily worried about his his shots. Um, like his form or anything like that. I know he can hit it. He's shown he can hit it. It just is going to come a matter of time of him getting more confident, I think, in him, in, in himself. And that's going to come because next week you're playing Omaha and you've got a little bit of a breather. Um, and granted, you're, you're kind of eased in a little bit in the Pac-12 schedule. I'm pretty sure. I think they play – actually, no, I think they play USC first. So maybe not so much. But <laughs> they've still got some games um, to get it all figured out, get him some more minutes and feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I agree with pretty much everything you guys said. I'm not too worried about it. Um, you, you want to see him do better. You want to see him come out and, and see the pressure that they were putting on him when he had the ball early on and see him not struggle when that happens. But that isn't what happened. He still made some nice plays. He, he had a great steal that, that I get excited about because you worry about him defensively. That was the book all the way through. And even if he isn't the best on-ball defender necessarily – just being able to play the passing lanes, contributing something is a step in the right direction for somebody as young as he is. Um, so I am feeling pretty good about him going forward still. Early in uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's career, the Buffs went to Kansas. It was the year before Askia Booker hit the you know the game winner uh, buzzer beater that you know lives in uh, CU folklore. Um, and Kansas did the exact same thing. They just blitzed the hell out of two freshman guards. Uh, the Buffs had Spencer Dinwiddie and Eli Stalzer, who longtime Buffs fans will remember, didn't play. I've heard the name. Didn't play very many minutes by the end of his career, uh, and he was most certainly outmatched. But Spencer was really affected by that pressure as well, uh, and and it was totally a grow up moment for him. Uh, and so that's what you hope this is for for all of these guards. It's, you know, McKinley wasn't. I don't think affected too much by this pressure. Uh, he just unfortunately didn't have m- many places to go. He's a point guard. Yeah, exactly. His job is to pass the ball. <laughs> right. Um, but in the end, um, I think this can be a grow up moment for, for Bartholomew. Yeah. And real quick too, um, I was listening to Andy Katz podcast, the March Madness bracket um, earlier today. And he was talking with Shaka Smart, the Texas Longhorns mm-hmm. head coach and Texas is obviously having a phenomenal start to their season. And he talked about, you know, how you're integrating freshmen and, and how that's going to look. And he said, realistically, for your freshmen, you're not expecting them to feel comfortable until between the 10 and 15 game mark. Because the ramp up to that is just making sure they're seeing all the different things that comes involved with college basketball. And we're still a, a ways away from that. So you're seeing the flashes from Keyshawn. You're seeing some, you know, some lower moments, obviously, from him and, you know, uh, 
you know, D- Nick Clifford too. You know, yeah. he's he he hit a big shot, but also yeah. he looks a little bit more behind than Keyshawn Bartholomew. But either which way, you know, these guys they're going to go through the motions, but they're going to still come under. Uh, you know, uh, under their own, especially with a guy like Tad Boyle, who is still one of the top coaches across the nation. Yep. Uh, let's do biggest takeaways. Oh, man. Um, I think my biggest takeaway is just that that the buffs aren't there yet. Um, and maybe that's something that we should have known mm-hmm. going into it. Um, I didn't know enough about uh, Tennessee to know just, just what the buffs were running into until, you know, about two minutes into the game when I was like, oh, Okay, it's going to be hard. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of excitement around the program right now for good reason. Um, and they just, you know, <clears throat> they need to they need to get to that point. Um, now, maybe that's also something that happens in recruiting. But, like, a guy like Jabari Walker belongs on that court. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially when he beefs up a little bit and he's in a college conditioning program for a year. Like, that's a guy that's going to – a year from now – if they play against Tennessee, which I guess they are, aren't they? They're getting Do them to come back next year. Yes, it's a three-game agreement. So obviously, this one is here next year. It'll be back in Boulder, and then that third year is going to be a neutral site, but it's going to be in Nashville. So closer to Tennessee, but in in Tennessee, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. very in very Tennessee. close to Tennessee. But <laughs> it gives hopefully by then, uh, you know, maybe us oh, a Ryan, chance to road trip you sure to are Nashville. Close to that shirt. Oh yes, I am. Yeah, yeah I'm close. Very to close. Shirt. Yeah. Um, Tallahassee is Good that job, where man. UT is? Uh, that's that's. Did you say Tallahassee? Or, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Tennessee, no, 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 no. T's and E's. Where is? Where is Knoxville? Shoulder beard, but yeah. these guys are doing all. The I mean, you got cooked by shoulder beard. <laughs> you guys don't know where your I, places are. I convinced a uh, a state with lots of T's and E's with a city with lots of T's and E's. I'm taking. I'm taking the. The credit for that. Tallahassee, Tennessee would be an incredible place. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that far, all right? Um, um, it's clo- that Knoxville. T- Tallahassee actually is close to Tennessee. Closer is than it? Knoxville is to Tennessee because any ta- Nashville is in Tennessee, so it's not close to Tennessee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, trying to, okay. I'm trying to beat Ben here uh, on my geography. Okay, good job. You did it. You beat the intern. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I did, actually. <laughs> Um, so it's in Knoxville, uh, which, uh, Nashville, 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 not Knoxville. We care about it because Nashville, I mean, candidly, Nashville's a fun city. So that's why we care about it is because it's a, it's a fun road trip for bus fans. If they want to, if they want to make it, that's a, that's a cool, it's a cool city. You should definitely Nashville guy right here. See Midwest is highly underrated. If you know Ryan, Nashville's not in the Midwest. <laughs> it sounds like he's enjoying the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, so biggest takeaways take about Nashville, I would say uh, <laughs> the hot chicken is amazing. <laughs> I will mute you. Uh, we wouldn't even know either. We'd let you keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, Might uh, still be better. I think that's the takeaway: is that the buffs aren't quite here yet. They're not. Yep. They're not just built to beat Tennessee. And they still could have if they shot the ball well. Yeah. I I think my biggest takeaway is this team still has a lot of question marks as far as ironing out what that final rotation is going to look like come March. Um, And that's fine. You know, we're three games into the season. You like to see coaches going, you know, 10, 11 guys deep. But realistically, once conference time comes, you're looking at eight or nine players. So you've got five and then three off the bench. And this team is still trying to figure out who those guys are. You know, I I think Dominique Clifford, I think guys like Tristan De Silva, they look off. They don't look ready. They don't look comfortable. De Silva, you know, he's this big guy who can cover a lot of ground, but he doesn't look quick. You know, he looks a little slow. And Dominique Clifford, I think his handles are a little too loose when he's bringing up the ball. That scares me. Um, th- there are some concerns with some of these younger guys. And again, that's fine. They've got time to develop. But For where this team is at right now, they're still looking for that identity. And you hope, too, with a little bit more time when you get Parquet back. um, You know, Luke O'Brien, nobody really expected him to make too big of a contribution. But again, you're not playing with your whole roster. So once this team starts to gel, once you get into January and February, I think it's going to look a lot different. 
and still I'm going to hit it. This was a great game for them. It's going to look great as a loss, you know, because it's a quadrant one loss. Um, and let's say, what if you have this dud of a shooting night against School of Mines? It's possible because shooting can be so streaky. Oh, yeah. Then, then you're, you know, then you're really upset with yourself. So still a great game. Just, you know, kind of a young team still trying to find themselves. I think what you said about them not having an identity yet is spot on. Mm -hmm. uh, and that those things come with figuring out your rotation. And that's what I was saying. Like this, this year is so weird that you don't have this long ramp up before you have to play any games that really matter. Um, you know, sometimes you get one in a mix of like eight games that don't matter and you get to work through it and you get to play all the freshmen and, and whatnot. But yeah, De Silva for sure. Uh, not, not quite ready to go. Neek also needs some time, some seasoning, um, so, and I do think not having parquet is probably going to be the number one, most underrated thing about this game that we forget about over time. Um, mm -hmm. he was probably the most important player, the second most important player in each of the first two games. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, he shot the ball so well, defensively sound. Um, yeah, I, I, I think when you look at this game in a vacuum and, and you take a step back, it's. It's interesting to me because of where the rotation was, personally. You got a guy like Deshaun Schwartz, his first game back. He logged 24 minutes. He was on the court more than Maddox Daniels, more than Dallas Walton. And Deshaun Schwartz, kind of from the start, we were like, yeah, he's not 100%. He doesn't look like he's 100%. You know, I, I thought Tristan De Silva was out there far too long. And when De Silva was in the game, this was still a game. Yeah. Colorado Eight came out. Left or yeah. Something. Colorado came out in the second half on fire. They brought this game to within two points. Um, and so this was tight. It was a gritty ma match. It was a street fight. But I think, you know, maybe Colorado got a little bit too cute. And then just circling back to the identity thing, too, again, yeah, this was a game where you realized this is not just let McKinley Wright play the entire thing and then we'll be here to pick up the pieces if we need to because they need to find a second and third score. Our biggest thing coming into this game was, you know, how does Evan Batty respond? I wanted to see it from him last week. We didn't get the chance to. Tonight, four this points, This is my biggest takeaway, by the way. Oh, I'm going to let you take it away then. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll take away the <laughs> takeaway. Uh, so... That, that's what it was. And, and the takeaway is that Evan Batty needs to be better. And it, it isn't that we need to be worried about Evan Batty or anything like that. Evan Batty just needs to be better. You they know? need him to be better. They yeah. do. They do need him to be better. Tonight, two of six. He took a three, missed that. Um, provided two rebounds in 26 minutes. And this is a tough rebounding matchup for him. But at the same time, I, I think Tennessee was ranked like 276th in rebounding last year. And they added a couple of pieces that very obviously change what that team looks like. But I do think that there were more boards out there for him. He needs to be better. He, he's getting those post touches early and not quite putting him away. And they don't look like bad shots. You know, I, I don't know if he consistently hits turnaround jumpers in the post. He might. He might Definitely not. Definitely does in practice. Exactly. And, and he needs to figure out what he can do that is still playing within himself. What is a stretch for those post moves? Which of those shots does he hit? Um, because so far, things haven't been good. You know, coming into this game, he was shooting just over 30% from the season. And for a guard, that's obviously not good. But for a big man who plays in the post, that's bad. You, you need a lot more. You need to be able to count on him to give you double digits every night. Yeah. In points. Yeah. Um, like, you should just say, like, Evan Batty, there's 10. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, and everything above that feels good, uh, and everything below that feels like you're losing points off of your eventual total. So, <clears throat> you know, maybe he needs to work himself into game shape a little more. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe he's just a little out of sync right now. Like, there's so many things that it could be early in the season. We know that effort is not an issue for him. Mm -hmm. We know that want to is not an issue for him. Leadership, none of that. You're not worried about him, um, you know, having – you're not worried about what type of Evan is going to show up for the game. Yeah. But he just seems a little out of rhythm right now. The shots aren't falling. Yeah. And, and there, there were plenty of shots he took tonight. You know, he finishes two of six, but feels like at least three of those misses – I guess that would be all of them except for the three-pointer – hit the inside of the rim and like could have had a chance of going down. Like, it's not like they were way off or anything like that. And I felt that way through a couple, I mean, both of the earlier performances as well, but three turnovers. He's not in foul trouble tonight, but he's been in foul trouble earlier this season. You know, it's just all of the little things that have at some point in his time hurt his performance have popped up already. And you just haven't seen 
a single clean game or even like an, an average game. I was going to say, if he played well or average in the first two games and then this game happened, you'd just be saying, oh, this mm -hmm. is a terrible matchup for Evan Batty. You know, if, if you have a tall, skinny guy on a team, Evan can push him around. Mm -hmm. If you have, you know, shorter big men, he has the, you know, the uh, offensive game to work around them. Tall and ripped dudes is a tough matchup for Evan Batty. So yeah. again, if he had played, if he had played really well in the first two games or even just okay in the first two games, I'd just think, oh, this is nothing. Mm -hmm. um, but now you're just keeping an eye on it yep. in the next couple matchups to say, okay, let's see, can Evan get back into his rhythm? Yep. Here's, here's one thing I think is interesting. Jabari Walker, four points, two rebounds, same as Evan Batty, but he did it in 14 less minutes and three less shot attempts. And now, granted, obviously, they're different players. They're not necessarily having the same role. But when you have a young guy like that kind of waiting in the wings that we're questioning, you know, where's Jabari Walker right now? They could maybe use that kind of a, a presence. Not nearly enough minutes for him tonight. J Jabari Agreed. Walker lit a fire under the team against South Dakota, you know, and, and he played very well against Kansas State, too. He's shown that he's, he's ready to go. So I think there should be some tweaks as far as rotation goes. I think they need to be figuring out a little bit better about – who to put on the court at one time because yeah tonight there was a lack of shooters a lot of the time and the problem is you know when you have Maddox Daniels out there he's so secular in his ability like he does have a good shot but he can't really offer all that much else so you understand and he's not even he hasn't you hit can't those shots. count on yeah. him to be a good shooter right. all the time either yeah so so you understand you know why a guy like that might not be seeing as many you know minutes in in a rotation but when it comes down to it they just have a lot to iron out this is still a a wrinkled team, but I'm still not going to lose faith in them. I think no. they're going to, you know, I mean, you got o o Omaha next week. You could very well see this team win by 30, and then it's like, oh, okay, we're we're back, you know? So Yeah, and, and, you know, Maddox Daniels was a starter tonight. Next week, that is not true. You know, next week, it's going to be Deshaun Schwartz in his role. And who knows? And Eli back in Maybe his role. Eli is ahead of Keyshawn. You know, this lineup is still very much in flux. I think... I think you have two starters that you have locked in in McKinley Wright and Evan Batty, and those other three spots are up for grabs. I think Dallas Walton probably does hold down one of those, but I still I think that after tonight, that's up in the air too. I think that that could be matchup dependent. I don't think so, um, but either way, yeah, uh, I think the the lineup when it comes down to it is going to be McKinley, Eli, Deshaun, Evan, and Dallas. Yeah. You know, I, I I agree, but I'm my concern with Dallas right now is, you know, he played fine, but he played fine. He's not playing as as well as I think he can. I don't know if that's a lack of his own confidence in his shot, but didn't he only shoot one time tonight? Yep. One for one. Yep. Dunk. He can do so much more. And now, granted, he got you know, the, the brunt end of a bad call on that one offensive foul when... I think got a couple bad calls. Yeah, and, and so, you know, that's going to happen night to night. But real, realistically, for a seven-footer who's got a nice shot, and he's got a nice turnaround hook shot as well, he needs to be shooting the ball more because that's going to help open up things on the outside. Mm -hmm. Tennessee tonight did not have to worry about offense coming from the low post. They were only really worried about where was McKinley right and then just closing out on shooters because they did not have to worry about anybody down low. That has to change. That's something we talked about. They needed to work the ball inside more because that's going to open up things on the outside. They didn't do it tonight. They're going to need to soon. Otherwise, yeah, teams are going to start figuring it out like that. Yeah, they should have double-barreled action on the inside. It should be yeah. – you don't know whether they're going into Dallas, they're going into Evan, and they should be beating up teams in the paint on a night in night out basis. And that'll open up like you said, that'll open up easier shots for those guys who aren't, you know, there aren't very many knockdown shooters on this team. Um, so, you know, the, the easier shot you can get the better. Yeah. Yep. Um, before we get out of here and again, throw your uh, questions in there. We'll go through those real quick. Uh, we want to give another shout out to MSU Denver online. MSU Denver is awesome. Uh, they do a whole bunch of great work and I'm pretty sure Ali Monroy might have, some good words to say about MSU Denver online. Yeah, it's great. She well, says, are great. well, there we go. And she would know because she's, oh, you don't have a mic. I thought, have you not had a mic this whole time? Today? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What? 
I'm confused still, but we'll t- this is not important to the show. She does say it's great, though, because you couldn't hear, and that the professors in particular were great. That's what Harrison says as well. Um, he's taking classes through MSU Denver Online. Um, very responsive, very good information, very useful information, not wasting time. Um, and they don't waste time because they know that most of the students who attend classes there are working full-time jobs outside of that. Um, and, and that's how this whole thing is really built at MSU Denver Online. They do a great job. If you're interested in going back to school or uh, going to school for the first time, MSU Denver Online is a great option. You can go to msudenver.com online for more information on the 40-plus online and hybrid programs. They'll get you a degree and the 700-plus online and hybrid courses that you can take on your way to that degree. Um, all right. Oh, questions. Yeah. Do we have any questions? We, only, we have 40 questions all from oh, one person. All from Peter. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're not a question. Um, okay. He asked, my question is, what is your favorite question? Why are D1 basketball players cooking average Joes? They eat so much. Yeah. Um, that's it. Yeah. I mean. If you were really good at something, you would want to go be good at it. My question is, why are D1 basketball players cooking average Joes? So how about. go much? From here on out, Allie, you don't have to read it. You can just put it on the screen. We'll read it so it doesn't get read like three times. Perfect. <laughs> or we could each read it once. Or we could go letter by letter. <laughs> word by word like on the tailgate. <laughs> that was incredible. That ben? is so positive. He's like the no, anti-Kizla. No, We're not doing ben? that. We're not doing okay. that. <laughs> Anti-Kizla. There's, there's your new role here, Ben. Jabari will be first team Pac-12 by the time he's done. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with that. He's a stud. I took the bus plus 14 after a horrific start. I couldn't Henry find it. couldn't I, there were get no it. He lines. was upset. Yep. Yep. This team doesn't really have a ski or Blair Wilson who can get hot. That is true. A ski of Booker or Blair Wilson. Blair Wilson is a deep throwback. That's like early 2000s. Okay. I won't feel too bad about not who, who that was then. <laughs> that is it. That is it. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, we will be back here for another post game on Friday when the Buffs take on Utah in what could be a game that decides whether they host the Pac-12 title game or whether they go undefeated and not get the title game, but we'll get into that at the time. Um, so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned to the DMVR Buffs podcast uh, throughout the week as we'll be talking about that, talking about the basketball team. Whole lot of fun. Uh, TheDMVR.com has all the written content. Become a member there. There's some awesome deals going on right now. And also, if you are watching on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe and all that kind of stuff because we really appreciate that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it. Tough day. But... I wouldn't get too down on it. Good things are on the way, and uh, we'll talk about those when they come. Uh, See you tomorrow on the DMVR Buffs podcast.